Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. What's up, everybody? This is Trey Biddy with hogsports.com, H-A-W-G sports.com. Today on the show, we're going to recap the NFL draft. Obviously, a lot of stuff going on with that and some stuff with Razorbacks, too. Not a whole lot, but a little bit. Maybe we'll talk a little bit about the last dance, the Jordan documentary. We'll get into some recruiting information with Danny West and also talk a little bit about some of these guys that were drafted and signing free agent deals and stuff uh, based on Danny's expertise and knowledge of them through the recruiting process. We're also going to be joined by Keith Grayson to talk about a new deal he's got. All that and more on Hogsports Live. Well, I've got some bad news to start off with. Unfortunately, this will be the last episode with the mustache. The quarantine stash is going, and that is by popular demand of one Mary Linda Biddy, my wife, is over it. So the mustache, get a good look at it. It's going away. This is the last episode with the quarantine stash, unfortunately. I'd keep it, but she is way out on it. Of course, I want to remind everybody there's plenty of ways to watch and listen. You can always tune in on Facebook Live where we're streaming live. Be sure to follow the page if you haven't done so already so the video pops up anytime we add a new video. Also, all of our free content is put on Facebook so you can keep up with hogsports.com at our Facebook page. Be sure to throw us a thumbs up right now if you haven't done so already. Also available on YouTube. Be sure to subscribe to the channel. Hit the notifications bell so you're notified anytime we upload a new video. And if you like the content and haven't done so already, throw us a thumbs up. We certainly appreciate that. Also available on Apple Podcasts, throw us a five-star review if you haven't done so already. Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere else you can think of to find your favorite podcast. Also, today's the last day that you can get hogsports.com for 50% off. It's a great deal. Highly recommend it. I know sports is, eh, you know, we're, we're doing what we can right now, but this is for the entire year, and it breaks down to just fifteen cents a day, dollar oh three a week, four forty eight a month, and build at just fifty three seventy for the year. So this deal ends at ten fifty nine p.m. Central Daylight Time tonight. So be sure to sign up if you haven't done so already at hogsports.com, h-a-w-g-sports.com. No promo code, just sign up and you'll get the deal. Okay, let's jump into it. So the NFL draft is over. Arkansas only had two players drafted, McTelvin Aguim and Cameron Curl. McTelvin Aguim, the former five-star defensive end, and we'll talk to Danny West just kind of about his recollection of McTelvin's recruiting process. And, of course, I've got some stuff to, to chime in with that as well. But McTelvin going in the third round, definitely earlier than people thought, 95th overall to Denver. Good spot for him. And then you had to wait all the way to the seventh round before Cameron Curl was taken by Washington in the seventh round. Obviously, in the seventh round, isn't it? So, I think that's pretty interesting when you consider the recruiting class of 2016 because it was a very strong start to that class, but just not a very strong finish. And these are the guys that would be seniors right now, obviously. So, we'll get into some of that with Danny West. Also, a lot of free agent signees. We know that Ben Hicks is hanging up the cleats. T.J. Smith is headed to L.A. to play with the Chargers as an undrafted free agent. Chase Harrell is signed with the 49ers. Dijon Harris signed with the New England Patriots. I think a lot of people thought that he had a good chance of getting drafted, at least maybe late, but he signed as a free agent. Devois Whaley signing with Cincinnati. 
Bengals. And Austin Capps headed to the Atlanta Falcons. That's it so far. No word on, you know, a Connor Limpert or C.J. O'Grady, people that a lot of a lot of people thought that C.J. had a chance to get drafted. And I think a lot of stuff, you know, with C.J.'s past, just kind of catching up with him. I think he'll sign on with somebody, but that's definitely unfortunate the way this that's gone for him. And with Curl, you know, and I don't know what all reasons he had for, for declaring early, but if a seventh-round pick I don't think is worth leaving college and going and trying to make the NFL. Now, that's not to say he won't make a roster because he's got a chance, but I don't know that leaving that late, getting drafted that late, I mean, those contracts are locked in. You know, even if you end up proving everybody wrong and taking over a starting role, Russell Wilson's a great uh, a great example because, I mean, this guy was winning Super Bowls and – had a really bad contract because he was a late, later pick, mid-round pick, I guess. So right now, I guess, let's see. SEC had 63 players taken. The next closest was the Big Ten with 48. LSU had 14. SEC averaged 4.5 per school. Obviously, it's skewed. You've got schools like Alabama. I think Alabama had like 10 or 11. Uh, but... Arkansas only had two to contribute to that total. LSU was first with 14. Let's go down the list real quick. So these are the schools that were producing the most draft picks. TCU is tied at 11 with five. Minnesota with five. Iowa with five. Penn State with five. Notre Dame with six. Auburn with six. Utah with seven. Georgia with seven, Florida with seven, Clemson with seven, Alabama with nine, nine, Michigan with 10, Ohio State with 10, and then LSU all the way with 14. I mean, that is a dominating draft, including the number one player overall. Impressive year for the LSU Tigers. This is always interesting because we, you know, based on recruiting rankings, the way that the way that our analysts try to do recruiting rankings is they try to pick, in terms of five stars, 32 five stars, and they are the guys that they're predicting basically as NFL draft picks. It's hard. The way I look at it, if you, if you nailed, you know, a five star in the first round, whether he's the number 32 player or number one, if he went number one overall, whatever, uh, then you nailed it. It's so difficult to, na- to, to nail these down, especially quarterbacks is, what, you know, what we see a lot of. So – you know, and, and high anybody in the top 100, if he goes in the first round, to me, that's like you did a pretty good job ranking that player. It's hard for me to argue with somebody being in the top 100 when you're talking about thousands and thousands of prospects across the country. So there were some that went undrafted. Blake Barnett from South Florida, the quarterback, number six player overall, and went undrafted. Kisin Looser South. Outside linebacker, UCLA, number 16 player overall, went undrafted. George Campbell, the fourth wide receiver out of West Virginia, 19 nationally, went undrafted. Shea Patterson, who went to Ole Miss out of Louisiana and then transferred to Michigan, number four player in the country, and went undrafted at quarterback again. Levante Taylor, quarterback or cornerback from Florida State, number seven nationally, went undrafted. Benito Jones, number 25 nationally at Ole Miss, undrafted. 
Alawulu Betuku <laughs> out of Illinois. That's a tough one. 15 overall, weak side defensive end when undrafted. So seven five stars out of 32. And that, I mean, that's not bad. I mean, the way I've always looked at it is like you got a 50% chance of being drafted in the first three rounds if you're tabbed a five-star recruit. I think that's always an interesting look. We spoke to some Razorback players, uh, Bumper Pool. Who all did we speak to? Bumper Pool, Felipe Franks, and Dalton Wagner. We spoke to, to those guys, I guess that was Friday, Friday. So, still don't know. have a whole lot of clarification on what kind of defense, although it, it just looks like it's going to be very multiple. Bumper Pool's very excited about it. They have been able to go over, you know, stuff with eight hours a week last week in meetings. So they're able to do a lot in terms of classroom stuff. And, again, the hope is you just get them back out on the field and they're pretty much ready to go in terms of knowing where they're supposed to be and you can move pretty fast whenever you do get them on the field. Who knows when that will be. It's a nice article, Why Felipe Franks Chose Arkansas by Pete Roulier. And – the Last Dance, some great stuff from The Last Dance. Dennis Rodman's 48-hour bender, I guess that turned into like 90-hour bender in Vegas in the middle of the season. Absolutely crazy. This is just a great documentary. There are things – I followed the Bulls very closely throughout my childhood on into college, early years of college. And there's stuff in here that I had no idea about. I mean, I knew Michael Jordan was competitive, and but, I mean, it's just like a whole other level. I'm almost like insanely competitive, which you have to be if you want to be the best ever. I thought episodes three and four were fantastic. Chime in on those. I want to remind you go ahead and get your questions in also. We'll answer those at the end of the show. But I want to go ahead and get to Danny West. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. So there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, 
Trey Biddy. What's up, Danny? How you doing today? What's going on, brother? I'm good. Not Trying to much. get some work done. Had a good weekend. How was yours? It was good. We got the garage completely cleaned out, went through everything. I mean, it was a it was. There's a, not a lot of better feelings than cleaning your garage. It you feels know good. It looks good right feels now. Good. We got all the bicycles hung up on the wall. Nice. Got some brooms hung up on the wall. I mean, we 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 did it. We did some work. So we feel pretty good about our weekend. And um, you know, a couple of Razorbacks probably feel good. I think Matelvin Aguin probably feels the best about his situation. You know, he was he went as early as probably as possibly projected as high as anybody could have projected yeah. him, I think he went. And I thought you had a really good story just kind of breaking down your your experiences with McTelvin. It's a VIP story, so anybody that wants to read Danny's stuff needs a VIP membership. And I mentioned earlier it's 50% off right now uh, at HAWGsports.com and no promo code, so just sign up and you'll get the deal. But you had a great story, and I was wondering if you just kind of kind of run through, you know, some of the things that you hit on with your experiences with McTelvin all the way back to, I guess, probably when he was a junior or so in high school, coming off his junior season, maybe sophomore season. I can't remember. Yeah, exactly. sophomore. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, Sosa was just one of those guys, man. That even as a sophomore, you knew he was going to make it. And, you know, he had been through so much. Um, so many challenges bouncing back and forth between Dallas and Texarkana and mom having to work three different jobs, trying to make ends meet. And, you know, Sosa got into a little bit of trouble there. He had his own little stint of trouble, but you know, the, the first time I talked to him, I, I was just convinced this guy's going to make it He's no brainer because for a sophomore in, in high school to be that talented and talk so much about, Hey, I want to be number one in the country, and I'm going to the NFL. Like mm-hmm. he, he, he didn't make any bones about it. So he sold me on it, and you know I, I became pretty close with Sosa, and it's uh, it was really fun uh, the other day to watch him finally make it to where he set out to be. Now, did he have the amount or the level of success that that he probably hoped for? Maybe not. But, you know, you know, as well as anybody, Trey, you know he flip-flopped positions a little bit. He went through yeah. several defensive coordinators, defensive line coaches. He didn't have a whole lot of help around him always. So he got double-teamed a lot, too. So there's something to be said for that. But It really killed and, his season also, Danny, having having Dorian Gerald lost for the year. Yeah, that's a rough way to go. I mean, he, yeah, that, that was going to be a nice tandem side-by-side, and then it turns into just focusing on Sosa. Yeah, yeah, and he felt that. But I'm with you. I think, you know, late third round, that was about as high as, as I could hope for, mm-hmm. probably higher than I thought he would go. I was I was thinking fourth or fifth, but, hey, we'll certainly take it for Sosa. You know where Sosa comes from? Uh, yeah, I do, actually, the rapper. Well, kind of. So when Sosa was younger, they told him – somebody told him he looked like Chief Keef, the rapper. <laughs> And he's got what a guy to look like. Yeah, he's got a song where he's saying he's Sosa, but that is from Scarface. Alejandro, oh, so it goes way back. Yeah, it's it's a song like he's saying he's Sosa, but he's he's saying he's, he's Sosa he's off of Alejandro Sosa in Scarface, <laughs> which came out in 1983. Who is a drug lord? So that's, that's where that's, that's the origin of it all. That's the origin of it. He's a Bolivian uh, drug dealer. <laughs> and that's well, where there you go. That's what, but he, he, he's living large. <laughs> I guess that's the part that we'll take and not the, yeah. uh, you know, um, not, not the, the cocaine, not the, cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> the massive wow. amounts. 
So yeah. anyway. They're going to be drug testing the snot out of Sosa as soon as he gets to Denver. <laughs> <laughs> I bet he'll be clean, though. He keeps it clean. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I definitely think that. Um, so, it's just a nickname. So, Danny, did you catch uh, episodes three and four? You know what? I knew you were going to ask me that, and to your disappointment, I have not watched it yet. We had a little bit of a, a movie night last night, so mm-hmm. that took that took uh, priority around here. So, planning on catching up with that tonight. Well, I don't want to spoil it for you. I know RJ's so going to ask me it. about it tomorrow. Yeah, well, it's a lot about Dennis Rodman, and I don't want to spoil all the fantastic – stuff about Dennis Rodman's hiatus in Vegas. I'll let you experience that. And then uh, a lot of it about Phil, Phil Jackson and just the, uh, his background and how he kept mm-hmm. that team together. And it's really, really fascinating uh, part. And a, a lot about the Detroit Pistons and overcoming that hurdle. Um, there's not a lot of credits given to Detroit. It's like people, a lot of people think, you know, Magic and Bird and then Jordan and really – Detroit was in there just like yeah you know, they were the ones rolling the kind of the stepchild Davis. of it all yeah but they knocked off bird and them and then they knocked off magic in them you know and and mm-hmm. people kind of jump over that era a little bit and I mean that was that was a different time cop that was a different kind of basketball back then I mean oh yeah the physicality no of it so Danny what's going on in recruiting lately well quite a change bit, gears on you quickly yeah, that's okay. That's what I'm here for. But Caden Salter, you know, a lot of questions about him. He's got a he's got an announcement coming up. Mm-hmm. Four star quarterback out of Cedar Hill. I'm starting to see it slip a little bit here, Trey. So mm-hmm. not not liking the vibes on Arkansas's end. Obviously, over the weekend, a lot of crystal ball picks yeah. coming in for the Tennessee Vols, which you know, let's face it, they've got all the momentum. Uh, you remember how their season started last year? I think they were two and five at one point. And then, boom, here they come. And they really haven't slowed down in terms of wins or off-the-field recruiting ever since. It's been really good for them. So, uh, yeah, that, that seems to be the trend with Caden right now. But, you know, on May 5th, you got Lucas Coley, another quarterback out of San Antonio, Cornerstone Christian. He's going to be announcing next uh, – uh, what day is that, Trey? But it's May 5th, so that would be – Cinco de Mayo is next Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So keep an eye on Lucas. I actually exchanged a couple of texts with him this morning. He's not ready to, to say exactly which schools is coming down to, but look for him to be doing that soon ahead of his uh, announcement next week. So that's the quarterback situation. I, I put out a new big red board. We had a couple of changes on it mm-hmm. this, morning. this morning. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, I guess you talked last week about Cole Carson, the latest commitment. Yes. Um, uh, what else is going on? I talked to a couple of freshmen over the weekend that Arkansas offered. Now think about that. They're class of 2023 freshmen mm-hmm. in high school, but Dalen Jones and uh, Jonte Cook out of DeSoto, Texas. And actually Arkansas is really high on the list of Jaden Wilson, a 2021 wide receiver out of DeSoto. So a teammate of these two guys, they actually got together over the weekend and, you know, we're doing some route running, that sort of thing, working out together, and they had a video of it. So Jaden sent it to Coach Steph here at Arkansas and said, hey, take a look at these guys. And sure enough, Steph said, okay, offering both of them. So I thought that was pretty cool to, to get an early start like that. Those two are, are a lot of fun to talk to. And uh, outside of that, you know, Tyler Hibbler, a safety out of Missouri, he trimmed it to top 12. That's that's a pretty big group, in my opinion. I like to talk when they're 
four, five, six teams left. So probably still a ways out for Tyler Hibbler, but I certainly think Arkansas is in a good spot there. He came up earlier this uh, spring. So mm. that's just kind of a, a brief recap of everything I'm aware of so far this coming out of the weekend here. Danny West joining us at, from hogsports.com, H-A-W-G-sports.com, our, our recruiting writer and, and who I think is the best recruiting writer in the country. And if oh, there's somebody – somebody else – if there's somebody else as good as you, Danny – there's nobody better. There might be somebody out there doing it as good as you somewhere. We got some great people on this network. Oh, there's a bunch of them, I'm sure. But I'll tell you this, there's not very many better looking. <laughs> yeah, just being honest. I mean, y'all see the picture. Look at that guy. <laughs> How come you don't have a quarantine stash? Mary Linda's making me shave the stash off. Yeah, you need to, brother. That thing's got to go now. Dude, it is thick. <laughs> I can yeah. grow a mustache now. I, yeah, I can. I probably should have been born in the 80s. <laughs> it's like creeper 101 like rule number one <laughs> gr- pretty creepy grow a mustache said, i wasn't going to use that word but that's that's what i was thinking yeah the first <laughs> rule creep. grow a mustache next yeah. rule get some really short shorts <laughs> hang out by the pool yeah the community pool yeah, yeah. exactly you um, down. <laughs> uh Let's see. Oh, I want to switch you over to basketball real quick. So first, okay. we get we're five weeks out from knowing a final. I mean, they may they may say before then, but they have till the third of June to. And I'm talking about uh, Isaiah Joe and uh, Mason Jones to pull themselves out of the NFL or the NBA draft. Stumbling all over myself here, but they have five weeks. And you had an article recently, the updated Big Red Hoops board, and I was wondering if you could just. Kind of glance, just kind of hit on that just a little bit. It is another VIP story from you. Sure. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you the first thing that jumped out at me as I was building it, and I think it really stood out to the people that read it on Saturday, just how many stars there are. Mm-hmm. It's a whole bunch of four and five stars. I'm sitting here looking at three, five stars, one, two, three, four, five, six, four stars. And then the guy at the top, I'll go ahead and mention him. I've got. Jalen Ricks, he's a three-star, but he's really, really good. He's got a four-star offer list, in my opinion. Jalen, of course, is from Arkansas, uh, Sylvan Hills, but actually transferred out, and he's playing at Oak Hill Academy, which uh, K.K. Robinson played at. So, you know, I've got him listed at hot. I think Arkansas's off to a great start with him. He's a 6'6 shooting guard. But then after him, I think I've got four guys listed as warm, and then uh, – Four more after that listed as cool, but three of which are they're trending in the right direction. Mm. You know, Eric Musselman and his staff have done a really good job with these uh, virtual tours over the last week or so. Several of these four and five star guys have spent 20, 30, 45 minutes uh, doing these virtual tours. I'll tell you, I talked to Kendall Brown, he's one of those five star guys, uh, six, seven small forward out of Wichita, Kansas sunrise christian mm-hmm. and uh you know he was telling me he had a great a great time uh, with eric musselman he said he got to see everything he wanted to see so keeping on that name kendall brown that guy can go literally anywhere i think kansas probably going to be tough to uh to beat for that guy but you know you're in the ball game for all these guys and it's just uh, you know to take a step back and look at where this program is now being involved with this many dudes and it sure is a lot more fun than it used to be. Well, I'll say this for Musselman. They definitely 
leave no stone unturned when it comes oh, no. to recruiting and transfer portal. And, and if anything, we saw from last year, this past season, I should say, if he showed anything, it's that I think they're always going to be in the dance. I think this is probably the worst roster that he'll have had at Arkansas, the one that we just yeah. got done with. Yeah. And just based on how last season went, the guys that he's coming in, their activity and recruiting, I think they're always going to be in the dance for as long as he's here. I think Arkansas nailed it with getting Eric Musselman. All right, Danny, anything All else right, you want to add? Enjoyed it. No, I, I'm going to get back to work here, see what I can come up with for our uh, Hog Sports VIP members. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm man. i mention that, sub, uh, that promo one more time. Yeah. All right. Appreciate you, Danny. <laughs> All right, buddy. We'll <laughs> right. see you. As Danny mentioned, that's uh, – 50% off right now for an annual subscription at hogsports.com. That ends tonight at 10.59 p.m. Central Daylight Time. Just go to hawgsports.com and click join at the top right, and you will get the deal. No promo code or anything. promise you're going to enjoy it. And it's not just the articles and stuff that we put out and recruiting information, but it's also our community, the Razor's Edge VIP Forum, which has been really great, I think, for a lot of people during the pandemic. Just, you know, people are at home and – good way to interact with people. I wanted to look at this and we're going to bring in Keith in just a second here, but I wanted to look back at this 2016 class because when it was being put together, I felt like it was a pretty solid start to the class. Like half the class was really strong. And then the last half of the class were all laid off for guys, which is pretty typical under Bielema, the way those classes were assembled, but it was still ranked the number 23rd class in the country on the composite, which is what Arkansas's class was last time. In 2019, I should say, not last time, but in 2019. But at the same time, that 2019 class, that was just kind of a weird year where a lot of teams were just jumbled up because there were more four-star commitments in that class than there ever was in history. But one of the reasons this was a 23rd-ranked class was McTelvin Aguim, who was the number 20-ranked overall prospect in the country as a five-star recruit, just drafted in the third round. Here are some of the other guys. There were four stars. Devwall Whaley went undrafted. Austin Caps went undrafted. T.J. Hammonds is still in school. Hasn't necessarily lived up to four-star status. Has a lot of potential. Maybe he'll break through this year. Briston Guidry had to give up football. Jake Heinrich gave up football. Jordan Jones was injured all of last year. Wasn't necessarily showing NFL draft ability, but – was injured all of last year and has since entered the transfer portal. Jonathan Marshall returns for his senior year. He's got a shot. Jonathan's got a shot. Kofi Botang, just too many knee injuries. Alexi Jean-Baptiste just didn't work out. Dijon Harris, who ended up signing a free agent deal. Paul Ramirez, junior college player, didn't really work out. Giovanni LaFrance never got going. Dion Edwards is still with the team after redshirting. Cole Kelly has transferred out. Michael Taylor was a junior college recruit. I don't remember if Michael ever signed with anybody out of out of college or not. Hayden Johnson hasn't signed anywhere. Brito Tut, one injury after another. Dion Malone never really got going at Arkansas at a junior college. Grayson Gunner has since transferred out. D. Walker got in some issues and was dismissed from the team, and Micah Smith is still with the team. So out of this whole class, only one player was drafted at McTelvin Aguim out of an entire class in 2016. That's telling. All right, I want to go to Keith now. For those who aren't familiar, Keith is a resident funny guy. He's been with us at hogsports.com for a long time. He's got some interesting news that we're going to talk about here. He's got a new podcast coming out. 
Let's see if I've got the graphic here. Hey, Trey. What's up, Keith? How you doing? I was just uh, I was just telling everybody you've got some news. I want to bring the graphic up if I can remember where I put it. But uh, why don't you go ahead and share with us uh, what you got going? There it is, Legends of Arkansas. Yeah, it's a f- official that everyone on the planet has a podcast now. Right. Um, I think it's overkill on the amount of podcasts there are, but I definitely thought that there was a void in. Yeah, this is from, different. Like hearing from like crazy fans stories because you know i have a lot of stories but i like to write it down i really don't like to tell them and it's I, I, i'm mm-hmm. just not i can't speak succinctly i don't even know why you have me on this podcast because i still talk in circles <laughs> you but do sometimes definitely, so we had we had our first episode um it's legends of arkansas mm-hmm. and it's going to be on it's it's already on uh we're waiting on apple but it's it's everywhere else but definitely have a newfound respect for hosting a show because i don't think i would i don't know why i'm doing it because now i can't now i can't tail off of it but i don't want right. to i wouldn't want to trade places with you <laughs> well i you appreciate sit there that. And talk for like 45 minutes dude yeah, like that's you, what you do i don't think people have enough respect for what and danny does the same thing danny's yeah. really good at it too yeah well i mean on here i'm on camera and there are times where i just go 45 minutes without cutting away without a commercial break or anything like that i just i just talk and i find if i go like start getting into 50 minutes i start kind of getting a little crackly voiced and start getting a little worn down i can't remember what i want to talk about so like 42 minutes is seems to be my sweet spot and i keep saying that every week and i end up going 50 but uh your first episode if you want to talk about it a little bit, and I've, I've got an interesting uh, side note on on that experience of your, your first guest, which is, again, you're having fans on just kind of talking about their Razorback experience, some crazy stories and stuff that they've been involved in. Well, so the idea of the show came about because, believe it or not, I'm actually pretty shy in person, and I'm more of an observer, and I hung out and grew up with all these crazy Southern caricatures of like what it means to be from Arkansas. They're over the top people and they're hilarious i mean I, my mm-hmm. sense of humor was developed from all of my friends being way funnier than i am so the first guy i had on was uh ricky glover who basically came up with the bomb squad him and a group of uh other guys um formed the bomb squad where they'd heckle the left fielder they'd pass around notes about like his sister's name and whatever to the left the opposing left fielder so wow. one, of the, one of the stories is like you know they 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 made the Oklahoma State guy so mad because they were referring to, um, you know, sister's name was Autumn, and they're saying it's Autumn all year round at their house or whatever. Oh, so my God. He Enough. got really mad and, and goes for like 4-4 four four in uh, Beats, Arkansas. So it probably had an adverse effect. Backfire? Uh, yeah. Yeah, backfired a little bit. But they're hilarious and came up with a bunch of stuff like that. He's also the famous photo of the goalpost being torn down mm. at, on at the Tennessee game. He's dead center of that photo. Uh, that was up, and so we talked about that too. And I know you had a, a Tennessee story. Yeah, so I was right there. So I, I saw the photo that you posted, and what's interesting about uprights is when they break, they just kind of go ping. It's like a a loud pinging sound. It's not like a cracking or a crashing. It's just like ping, and it comes crashing, and it's sudden. And I was right under it. I mean, he might have he might have almost fallen on me just based on the picture that I saw um, where I was. So I was in the student section. That Tennessee game, 99, Arkansas wins 27-24. And when I was coming out, there was such a wave of, you know, pushing. There was a thing around that time where people were getting, like, trampled in stadiums. You remember that? They were, like, in soccer yeah, well, stadiums they, and stuff. 
So I remember just feeling the momentum, you know, just like the pressure building behind me of people pushing. And as I came out to where the stairs were, I launched, I like popped out like a champagne cork from the stands to the field. And my momentum was, was pushing me so far that I was like running uncontrolled, like trying to stop running. And I came up to where the flag girls had lined all their flags up. And I don't know if you know what those flags are made of, but it's like, it's a, it's a hollow cylinder. Uh, it's like a PVC, right? Isn't that what you call it? PVC? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's kind of like that, except for it's a little more, uh, splintery, I guess, if you were to like step on it, which I did. Um, but it's, it's, a uh, it's hollow and I was trying to like step in between the flags, but I was going like so uncontrollably that it looked like if you looked at me, it looked like I was just running on the flags, dancing on it. And I mean, I hit everyone and I could feel it cracking underneath my feet. And, um, one of the palm girls or the flag girls, uh, was yelling at me. She going, you a-hole. And I was still running like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. As I ran out onto the field, <laughs> but that was my experience with the so Tennessee did you game. Did down Dixon? Did you, did you fall to the Ozark group hub? I whatever? made it down to Dixon Street. Um, I made it down to Dixon. I didn't follow the uprights down. I think I went back over to the fight out house after that and then went down to Dixon Street. I remember Rossi Morial. You remember Rossi? He was a pledge brother of mine. He was a punt returner <laughs> on that team. But uh, I remember him saying, hey, buy me a beer. And I said, you dropped a, you dropped a punt return. I'm not buying you a beer. <laughs> but uh, anyway, that was a great, that was, I mean, that's the last time I really remember. Aside from the, the slides that they put in during the summer, they put that big slide down Dixon Street. I can't remember any other time that Dixon has just been closed off like that, where you could walk around up and down Dixon Street with a beer, open container, and nobody, nobody cared. Well, I, I definitely think that it's one of those events where there's 20,000 people all tearing down the goalposts that were all there. Then there was probably about actually, you know, 1,500. <laughs> so mm. Oh, yeah. Like, I was at that game. Well, I, I know for a fact that I was not at that game. I, mm. I, I wanted to be, but uh, that was the, I think I was junior year in high school for me. I wasn't up on the hill yet. Yeah. Um, but that's the thing is I think there's, these stories that are kind of spun around in my head that I remember to be a certain way. And then I want the guy there that was living it, the photographic evidence telling it. Mm. And, uh, you know, this guy has, we're going to have to have him back on because there's so many crazy fan stories he's lived. And if you want to buy Ricky a beer for starting the uh, bomb squad, you can go do so at Farrell's. That's where he, he works at Farrell's and, uh, is probably one of the funniest guys that I know. So we're, we're going to follow that up and have Bubba Hog on. I tracked him down. Oh, that's and, good. Uh, the streaker from the Ole Miss game, Brent Poole. Yeah, I know his brother. Uh, yeah, and then and then we'll mix it in with some players too. I'm tracking in some just people that are kind of like you hear the stories about like Jim Robkin. Mm-hmm. And we have him on. Uh, he's now at Louisiana Tech as a band director, but. You know, I'm not shy. I'll reach out to anybody. So I'm trying to track down just random people, like talking to Cannon Whitby about his game at Arkansas State or against Arkansas State or whatever. Hopefully these people are still alive, too. What, uh, what fraternity was Glover in? I, I heard him mention that he was a fraternity and he had to wear the suit and tie and stuff to the game, which were brutal. I remember having to do that as a freshman. I think he was a cigarette, but I don't mm. know off the top of my head. I don't know all that stuff. I, I really wasn't in that. You had to bring a date to the game. I remember, like, there were so many things like fraternity life. 
like you had to wear a, you know, you had to wear a tie all to the game. You know, it could be brutal, uh, brutally hot. You had to take a date with you, which was fine. But, you know, a lot of times you just wanted to, you know, how you wanted to go to the game and what you wanted to do. Uh, and then we also had to bring a date to Friday on, uh, we'd have chicken finger fry. I remember like we'd have like at the Fido house, we'd have like chicken fingers and pizza would be the, the menu. And you like, we were expected to bring a girl over to have that. <laughs> Just right. so much, so much stupid stuff like that. Anyway, I thought I listened to a good, good portion of your first episode. You sent it to me this morning and I thought it was entertaining. It, does, it, it gets better with, you know, it's both of our first times rolling with it. So it, it gets better towards the end. For what, sure. do you, what, what do you, um, is it's legends of Arkansas. So people just search for that, right? Legends of Arkansas on SoundCloud, um, mm. wherever you get your podcast, the same places. I mean, mm. it's on Spotify. Uh, it'll be on Apple here, and uh, you know that takes a second to get going on YouTube. Um, but there's no, we're not, we're not trying to charge anything for it. There's, we're not, there won't be commercials or anything. We just ask everybody to go to the Brandon Burlsworth Foundation uh, to make a donation. If you want to donate ten bucks to the show, donate ten bucks there. It'll go further. Gotcha. So um, anyway, but that's that's it. It's it's definitely, you know, I was telling you earlier, like the sound quality is a little jacked, and I was like, yeah, I know, it pissed me off. My mic wasn't even on the whole show, so I'm like sitting there and like it's just a weird. I know the feeling, man. Stuff. stuff like that will continue. Like, I have a record. I have to record as I do this, or otherwise I have to download the video from Facebook, and it's 480p. It's just terrible. The audio clips in and out um, if I do it that way. And I, I'm always like, there's so many times where I get done with the show and I realize I didn't hit record. I'm just like, I, I want to throw something across the room. But, yeah, stuff like that happens. So, um, yeah. you uh, you uh, you watching this uh, Last Dance documentary? I watched a little bit of it last night. I was still delirious, you know, went uh, camping for like a four-day trip. So I went uh, roughing it for a little bit and drove like probably six or seven hours back. And that was the first thing I turned on and I was kind of road weary a little bit watching that. But um, yeah, I mean, I I remember a lot, a large portion of it. You know, I remember as a five-year-old or whatever watching – Jordan and the Celtics when he went for 63 yeah, and just had strange, and I didn't really grow up an NBA fan, but I know that like, I, I, I definitely watched the bulls a lot because WGN right. was our channel. And, and WGN was huge for people in Arkansas. No question yeah. about it. I watched all those bulls games. I mean, that's where I became a bulls fan watching those games on WGN. Loved it. But it was one of those things that I probably didn't, um, you know, what I learned from that, what, when I watched Jordan play, and then he, his uh, career to me kind of ended abruptly and had this weird ending anyway, because he kind of like retired and came back and then mm. uh, went to Charlotte or whatever. So it was just a weird Washington. thing to. Yeah. What, was it? Oh, he bought Charlotte, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, okay. One of the owners, yeah. But it definitely made me realize, like, when I was seeing greatness. So. By the time McFadden came along, <laughs> I was like, I really got to pay attention to Darren McFadden because mm-hmm. I may not never, I, I may not ever see this sort of thing again, yeah. you know. And so I've taken all those moments and just like frying it into my brain because I knew that um, with jo- the way that Jordan's career ended, it was just like, man, it's gone, you know, too soon. The, yeah, too soon for sure. Yeah. 
All right, Keith. Appreciate you, man. Everybody go check out right. Legends of Arkansas. Yeah, thanks for the thanks for allowing me the plug and you know, shave your mustache or get that yeah. Fargo look. The it's far- like super troopers. Yeah, I think it's I really do like it though. But just because you can do something doesn't mean it's <laughs> 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 I'm definitely voting with Mary Linda on that. I mean, yeah. Oh Mary Linda's made it quite well. clear. Like, okay, cool story, don't yeah. she's <laughs> like, like you're embarrassing me. So yeah. At least you don't have to go out in public right now. Yeah, I mean that's the that's the reason that you go to the quarantine stash. So, all right, Keith, appreciate you, man. All right, later. All right, later. That's Keith Grace joining us again. He's been with us for a long time at Hogsports.com, H-A-W-G-Sports.com. Go check out his podcast. It's interesting. It's a different angle, interviewing fans and stuff. I want to get to your questions now. Like I said, Donald Poole says, "Let's go Hogs," and that's it. All right. Jay Donovan says, "Go Hogs." Northern Kentucky. Vicky Jones says, Woo Pig Suey. Pat Gamble says, Go Razorbacks. Brandon Jackson says, Great mustache. Appreciate you, Brandon. At least somebody likes it. Frankie Lawrence says, KJ Hill was a steal for the Chargers. I think so, too. I mean, KJ went seventh round. I mean, if you remember when he didn't go to Arkansas, it was, you know, I think that kind of what the narrative was like, it's a business decision. But I mean, seventh round, that's not anything too dramatic. Who knows what would have happened if he'd gone to Arkansas. I think there were things that were making it very difficult at the time for him to go to Arkansas based on what you hear behind the scenes on that deal. I think there was a very good chance that K.J. could have been in Arkansas and at Arkansas under different circumstances. Justin Williams says stars don't matter. That's actually being proven incorrect. I mean, stars aren't the end-all, be-all of the story, but they absolutely – absolutely matter and make a difference and it bears out it bears out I mean the fact that if you are a five-star recruit you have a 50% chance of being drafted in the first 100 picks and that was something I did a couple years ago it may not have held true on this particular draft it may have been more true on this draft I don't know but um, the percentage of chances for you getting drafted into the NFL if you're a five-star I mean there were 32 seven of them didn't get drafted versus being a four-star and especially being a three-star and a two-star I mean, it's 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 obvious that it does matter, and you can't act like people like our recruiting analysts, Barton Simmons, Steve Wiltfong, Gabe Brooks, some of those guys. They do a fantastic job. They do the work. I know that they do the work. Um, and so I don't know if it's fair to act like you know their opinion means nothing. Their highly educated opinion. Do you think Connor Limpert or C.J. O'Grady will get free agent contracts? I think they probably will. I think C.J. I think C.J. will. I'm a little surprised that nothing's happened so far. Franks isn't going to be a game changer. No, I mean I don't think we're like Frankie. Frankie Lawrence says that. Frankie, I don't know that we're talking about like him being a game changer as much as being a serviceable quality quarterback. Uh, you know, somebody who's decent back there, which Arkansas has not had since, you know, Austin Allen was healthy and really since Brandon Allen. I mean, Austin had a pretty good junior season, um, especially the start of his junior season, not so much the second half of his junior season. But really, you know, Brandon Allen's senior year is probably the last time it's been like, you know, just a really, you know, difference maker, game changer type of quarterback. As much hate as he got from, from Razorback fans. But Franks, I don't think, you know, we're talking about getting Arkansas back to maybe being bowl eligible again, and I think he's somebody who can help him. 
Bobby Swain says, going to be a great series. I'm a Jordan guy from the 90s. I can appreciate that, Bobby. Donnie Butts says, MJ all day. Danny West. Perry Cooper says, go Hogs. Randall Files watching from Appleton, Wisconsin. Hey, Randall. Bobby Swain says, I didn't realize until last night that Krause tore the thing down out of jealousy. I knew that, like, there was some issue there, but I didn't know it was, like, as heated as it was, really. And I'm, it's unfortunate that Krause can't come in and speak his side of things. Bobby Swain says, I didn't – oh, I just read that. Chad Everett says, Woo Pig from South Georgia. Timmy Potts says, nice quarantine stash. Appreciate it, Timmy. Luis Roosh Set Rush says, watching from Crivets, Wisconsin. A lot of Wisconsin people. Daniel Stewart says, correct me if I'm wrong, but can't basketball players with eligibility left still return after, even after the draft if they aren't drafted? No, they have to pull out on June 3rd. It all depends on if they sign with an agent, says Philip Patterson. Right. Well, up until June 3rd. So, Isaiah, Joe, and um, – Mason Jones haven't signed with an agent, which means they have until June 3rd to pull their names out of the draft. Or they can sign with an agent and it's over with and they've, and they've gone. So, Philip Patterson says, right on. Thanks, brother. Joe Patterson says, hey, Trey, nice job. Were we ever in on Tyus Martin? Do we, do, do we not offer him? Probably should ask Danny. Christian Shaw says, how's it going from Tunning? And Fort Benning, Georgia. Phoenix City here, brother. Joshua Siver says, Trey, keep the mustache going. I would, but I can't, I don't think I I don't think it's best for this quarantine home. <laughs> Jeffrey Davis says, What's up from Texarkana? Terry Roy says, There's a lot of great players who weren't drafted that excel in the NFL. And a lot of drafted players are bust. It's about heart and work ethic. Some of it, a lot of it's about talent, Terry. But you make a good point in the sense that there are players who are, I mean, like we're trying to rank 32 five stars based on where they are in the NFL draft. That's our measure. But that doesn't mean those 32 five stars or the 32 first round picks are going to pan out. I mean, it's obvious that they don't time and time again. So that's not the final. I mean, really, it's like you kind of got to look at what they did in their college career and how their NFL career was, I guess, not so much where they were drafted. I think that's a point to make. Joshua Shiver says, do you think – who do you think will be on the starting O-line? I think it's going to be – I think you got three guys that are set, right tackle Noah Gatlin, left tackle Myron Cunningham – Right guard, Ricky Stromberg. Potentially still Ty Clary at center, possibly at guard. And then Luke Jones, Bo Limmer, Marcus Henderson maybe at some point emerges. I think those are some candidates. I don't think you should sleep on Ryan Winkle either. I think a lot of people are like, Ryan who? But I've heard some good things about Ryan Winkle. Terry Roy says only 2% of college players make the league. Um, what is the commercial? Two, the two percent, only two percent of the of college athletes make it to the professional leg, levels. The other ninety eight percent will be going pro in something else. That's the old commercial, Terry. All right, Terry, appreciate you. Appreciate Danny West also for joining us. Keith Grayson as well. I want to remind everybody: there's fifty percent off right now. 
This is the end of the deal, 10.59 p.m. tonight. So if you want to sign up and get it for the entire year at the discounted rate, then now's the time to sign up at hawgsports.com. Of course, there's plenty of ways to watch and listen. You can always tune in on Facebook Live where we're streaming live, hence the name Hog Sports Live. Be sure to follow the page if you haven't done so already. Throw us a thumbs up. Interact with the video if you like the content that we produce. Also available on YouTube. Subscribe to that channel and hit the notifications bell so you're notified anytime we upload new videos. Throw us a thumbs up if you like the content as well. That definitely helps the YouTube algorithm so other people are can see our, our programming and um, – also available on Apple Podcasts. Throw us a five-star review if you like content. Anywhere else you can find your favorite podcast. All right, appreciate everybody for joining us. We'll be back with you guys on Tuesday, excuse me, Thursday, unless there's some kind of big news that we need to do an emergency podcast with. So for Danny West, for Keith Grayson, this has been Trey Biddy with hogsports.com, and we'll catch you next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.